Hey there, my name's Jack, and you're listening to Dev90X. Today's day 82, and the title of today's episode is User Experience Oriented Design. Sounds very professional, doesn't it? We're talking about user experience, we're talking about design. We're getting, we're getting into app development. That's what this podcast is about, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. So, the main thing that I wanted to say today is that it is essential to practice what you preach in terms of app building. So when you're building an app, you're trying to solve a problem. You're trying to build a product that solves a problem. Or it might not have to be like a problem problem, but you're trying to build a product that does something valuable for people. And if you yourself are not a user, you don't practice the thing that your app does, why are you building that app? That's, that's the main thing. Like, I naturally gravitated towards building an app for handstands because I practice handstands and I want to get better at handstands and I want my handstands to be more fun. So my app solves my own problems. Now I'm building an app for breathwork because I practice breathwork. <laughs> I want to be better at, beth- at breathwork and I've found immense value in, in doing this practice. So I just, wanted to, I just wanted to start with that, that if you are building an app, you have to, there's two main things. There's the design of the app and then there's the coding of the app. Anyone can design an app. And I think that a lot of people do design apps in their head because they, they have problems. And that's why everyone's got an app idea because everyone's got a problem that they want to solve. And apps just tend to be one useful way of solving problems. Um, but if you are building an app that does not solve one of your problems, then you might be building the wrong app. And so I just, I wanted to say that it's essential to be a user of your own app and not just of the app itself, but it goes down to the granularity of a certain feature. If you're building out a feature that you think is cool, but doesn't actually solve a problem of yours, then maybe it doesn't solve problems for other people either. And I've heard, I've heard this on numerous podcasts now, uh, talking about how to decide what features to build is that there's, there's a lot of different ways to decide. One way is that, well, it's a feature that you want to build because maybe it's an interesting programming challenge. It's an interesting problem to work on. It's like mentally stimulating, which a lot of programmers enjoy working on problems that are mentally stimulating, that are challenging and difficult and have value. Building that thing has value in progressing and pushing forward their skills as a, as a, a an artist of code. <laughs> but a lot of the time, the, the, those really cool features, those really interesting programming challenges and problems are not really solving an actual core problem of the use. So that's why I think user experience oriented design is the most important design, design methodology, the most important way of designing an app. And for me, the way I think about this is I actually, I don't think... I don't think in terms of app terms, like I think in terms of human, in terms of of space and environment and where people are. This is where I start when I think about user experiences. I think where, what's the scenario where this person is using this, either this app or this feature of this app? What's the exact scenario that this person is in? Because if you can't place it, if it's like, well, Take the Breathwork app, for example. If it's like, would they use this in the morning? 
No. All right. How about in the evening? No. All right. How about during the day? Uh, no. All right. Cool feature, but when are they going to use it? And if there's no actual time when they would use it, then maybe that feature would not get used, even though it might be a cool feature. Uh, another thing is like, all right, where is the person when they're using this feature? Nowhere. All right. Are they going to use that feature? <laughs> maybe not. Like if it, it has to make sense in reality when that person is actually, you know, they've pulled their phone out. They've, they've, they've opened your app in that scenario, in that space, in that time, in that person's routine, in that person's busy schedule, they chose to open your app. Why? Is it, what are they getting from that? And why did they choose to do it in that moment, in that place? And so that's where I start when I think of user experience oriented design is I think, where is that person? What are they doing? What time of day it is? Is it? Who's around them? Are they doing it together with other people? I know it doesn't really always make sense to think about it like that. Like maybe you're building a, a tool for, I don't know, for creatives. Let's say you're building a tool for graphic design or something. Where is that person? Well, they're at work. Uh, okay, where are they're on their laptop. <laughs> they're sitting at a desk. All right, cool. Are they in an office? Uh, sometimes it doesn't make sense, depending on the tool, to think at that level of abstraction. But I think that honestly, a lot of the times, it does make sense. And that's where you can think about this. Where, where does this feature fit into people's lives? Like where does it fit into their, into their routines? Where does it fit into their workflows? Does it, does it compete with other, other people being around? Like, is it friendly to have this, this thing, this product, this feature that, um, is just for one person or like, yeah, there's a lot of, anyway, uh, getting a little bit sidetracked here. There's a lot of ways to think about it with a breathwork app. Thinking about it in this term, in these terms, I realized today that there are two main times to practice breath work. Two main times. The main first main time is in the morning as part of your morning routine. During this main time, typically you would want an energizing practice. The second main time is in the evening, as part of your evening pre-bedtime routine. Typically, during this time, you'll want a relaxing practice. And if you just pick those two times and build sequences and programs around those two times, you've got a winner. <laughs> That's all you need to do. There are a lot of other, and thinking about it that way, it's, it's good. It's good because you can, like we have a lot of ideas for different sequences that could potentially be awesome, be amazing, do really well, like static apnea training, for example. But you have to think in terms of mass market or mass user appeal what time of the day would most people want to train, do O2 tables and, and apnea training? I personally don't know because I'm not a free diver. So it would be difficult for me to design that feature into the app. And um, that's also why right now I'm spending quite a lot of time just doing breath work. <laughs> uh, I didn't do it this morning, but I did do it just before recording this, this, this episode. I went on Allo Moves and I did one of the, the videos of, from Dylan and I learned a few key little things from doing that. And I don't want to go into the details of what I learned, but I, the takeaway from that is that I need to continuously practice this so I can learn as much as I can about the full spectrum of different, different aspects of doing this practice.
There's different features that I that might be very important to build so that I don't have any holes in my in my knowledge. So yeah, that's uh, that's basically it. I didn't actually today was a bit of a weird day for me. I was exhausted, exhausted last night, and I was at my friend's place. Um, we were on her couch chatting, and I was falling asleep. I was just nodding off, and so. I came home, went to bed, and then I just had the most crazy deep sleep that I've had in such a long time, which is amazing for me. But I ended up sleeping in and, until almost just before I had to be at the gym to meet my personal trainer. So I, I woke up, checked my phone, and had that like, oh shit moment, and like jumped out of bed, hurriedly got ready and dressed, and then went to the gym to meet my trainer, <laughs> training legs. And I was like still blinking out the, the sleep from my eyes as, <laughs> as we went into the workout. It definitely was a challenging workout for me this morning. Um, but that's how my day started. So I actually missed my typical morning routine. I missed my breath work, uh, my Duolingo, and all the other things that I like to do in the morning. Um, and then I had a meeting with uh, another friend after my workout. And then I had a chance encounter with another friend and ended up helping her with a promise of help that I said that I would do for her. So I fulfilled a promise to a friend, which is good. Uh, and then I met up with Dylan and we we just had a, just a general chat about a few different things, a few different aspects of the app. Um, so that's about it. That's that's my progress updates for today. I didn't do any coding work today and I'm going to try and get some in tonight just so I can keep keep the ball rolling on that too. Jack's hack for today is, this is one that I've kind of been saving for a while. I wanted to say early on because I've used this in my life so much and I wanted it to be like big. I wanted to have like I want to plan out how I was gonna present this life hack of mine. <laughs> Basically what it is is accountability. I I love exploring ways of finding accountability in my own life. Because I found that I I I I consider myself disciplined, but only because I find ways of being disciplined. It's not like everyone is just disciplined by nature. I hack discipline. I hack it. It's not something that I think you you just need to like harden up and just be stronger. I think it's, for me anyway, I hack it. I find ways of cheating discipline. And there's a lot of different ways of doing it consciously. A very simple way is, let's say you want to do something. That's important to you, but you're lacking willpower. Just tell people you want to do this thing. Just say that. Just you know, just talk to a friend and be like, "Hey, I'm feeling uh, like I don't have very good willpower on this this thing, but here's what I want to do, and I just want to say it to someone to get it out there." That's a way of getting some loose accountability on something, because now you've told, you put it out there, and you've you've created this bond with another person, and there's a chance that they're going to ask you, "How's things going with that thing you wanted to do?" And that's that's a form of accountability checking is when somebody asks you, hey, how are you going with that thing that you said you wanted to do? I know it's not up to me to like punish you for not making progress, but I'm curious, how's it all going? And then you have to answer to them. You have to answer the question. And it, it, it makes you, it forces you to have a reason of like why things are going bad and for you to dive into that. And, and accountability is just good for getting progress on things. It's just very good. Now, of course, you can also have accountability locked into your life through contracts such as a work contract 
that's a very strong form of accountability. Like show up or if you don't, you'll get fired. <laughs> and that gives you accountability to your, your work and your boss and your colleagues. And I actually use this for myself. So Jack's hack for today is, is wager-based accountability. I create wagers. I create these bonds or these contractual agreements where, with my friends just for me. It's just for me. They don't lose anything if, I, if, if they, they have nothing to lose. Like they don't have to make one back to me. Although oftentimes I find that people do tend to do that because everyone wants a little bit of accountability in their life. Um, but they don't have to. And it's, it's just me that stands to lose uh, money. I, I just put like a cash amount on it, on what I'm trying to do. And this works incredibly well because it, it, it takes a few key boxes of accountability. Number one, you have to get clear on what it is exactly that you're trying to do. So it's like smart goals, like smart goal setting. You have to know exactly what, what like where are the boundaries of success and failure. So that alone is amazing for accountability. Number two is that you tell somebody else. So you're not, this isn't just resting on your shoulders. It's out in the world. And even, even telling someone else, like this podcast, for example, I do this even if no one listens. So I'm not strictly telling someone else, although I do have some listeners. Uh, it's just getting it out in the world. And the best place to store it is in in somebody else who can keep and who can ask you about things and who can keep checks on you and and make sure that you and like keep forcing you to respond to the direction this to this this bond that you set and then the third thing is it gives you something to lose if you fail so it's a very 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 strong form of accountability i found that this one is almost it's, it actually isn't the strongest form of accountability there are ways that you can create even stronger motivational <laughs> um, bond, bond, bondages, but uh, this one is almost the strongest, and I would, I would argue the most convenient. So strength to convenience ratio, for me, this is actually the highest. So yeah, give it a try. All you have to do is get clear on something that you're trying to achieve, get clear on the rules of bound, the boundaries of success and failure, Tell a friend of yours or who you trust, just someone who you trust, that you want to do this thing and it's a wager and they have to hold you accountable, but they have nothing to lose, only you have th something to lose, and put a cash amount on it and, put, and really take that cash amount out and just, and just think, like when you make the wager, you have to think that this is going to be lost if, like you have to uphold your agreement, basically is what I'm saying. As soon as you start doing wagers, and you fail if you don't uphold the agreement they stop working and i i have learned this the hard way from failing <laughs> and uh, not upholding the agreement so that's jack's hack for today i hope it comes in handy for someone thanks for listening everyone day 82 talk to you again tomorrow